you know, when you don't do something very often, don't do it regularly, it's difficult to do. And I speak up here maybe once a year. And um, I'm not used to doing this like Shane. And so I come up here with weak knees, and um, I hope that I don't stumble over words and babble and that you tune me out. Um, So I pray that you will just... um, uh, forbear with your humble servant here and listen to the words of God and um, just take what, what he has for you today. I want to start by just giving a, a little brief review of this wonderful book. We call it the Bible. It's got um, 66 books inside it. And there are about um, 40 authors, 40 writers of these books. There's the Old Testament and the New Testament. It was written over about 2,000-year period. Um, Two languages, Hebrew and Greek. The Old Testament is 39 books. And it's grouped into three different sections. The first section is the history books. That's Genesis to Esther, just the history of mainly Israel. And it begins, Israel begins around uh, chapter 12 of Genesis, and Shane's been in that the last couple weeks. So mainly, we have the nation of Israel covered in the history books. Near the end of the Old Testament, we have the prophets, beginning with Isaiah, and we go to Malachi. Some of them are called major prophets. Some are minor prophets, and they foretell or warn against Israel's rebellion and um, disbelief and what would happen. Often um, these books are written during the captivity or during the exile when Israel was, was under the authority of someone else. In the middle, we have the poetry or the wisdom books. That includes Job and Psalms and Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. And it's there where I want to camp a little today. I want to take a look at one of the Psalms. The Psalms, basically in the middle of your Bible, are are songs. They're heart songs. They're, They're songs that touch our heart, are intended to deal with our emotions. We, we need our hearts touched. We need to come alive in our hearts, and the psalms, these songs, are great for that. Uh, they touch our heart with God's majesty. They touch our hearts with our frailty and our needs. They touch our hearts with desire and longing, both on God's part and our part, that we desire him, we long for him. He desires us. He longs for us. See, God is an emotional God. He doesn't want just our minds. He wants our our heart. He wants our emotions. He wants our feelings because he feels. Now, I can't sing the Psalms like Dan can, but I hope to speak to you with feeling, about feelings, 
from one of these psalms. If you know me, that doesn't come easily. I don't show my, my emotions very deeply or very often. Maybe some of you are like that too. You just don't know how to get what's in your heart out. Also, I'm, I think I'm afraid of losing control. Well, if I emote, if I feel, I'll lose control. And I, I'm a controller. I like to control myself. And so it's difficult, especially for men, to feel and to uh, get in touch with their hearts. But I hope to do that. God sees our hearts. He hears our songs. And so take a, let's take a look at uh, Psalm 84. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to that. <clears throat> and um, we'll have this on the screen. You'll notice some of the words we just sang in one of our songs. But starting, and, and this, this psalm is divided into three sections. And each section is separated by the word selah. It won't be in there, but it'll be in, in some of your Bibles. And selah is like a, a pause in the song or an interlude in the song. So we have the first section, then a pause, the second, and so on. And each one of these begin with, blessed are those who, or the, if not beginning with, it's in, in that section. So let's take a look at Psalm 84, starting with verse 1. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. We just sang about that. My soul yearns and even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar, O Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. That's the first section. And it's dealing with desire. Blessed are those whose strength is in you who have their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord, God Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob, Look upon our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. That's the second section, and it deals with pilgrimage, deals with strength from God. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Did you just sing that? I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord God Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. So we have desire, we have pilgrimage, and we have trust. Those are the three sections of this, this psalm. Let's take a look at the first blessing. It's found in verse 4. 
Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. This is a man who wants to be with God. If you want to be in his house, and that's where he is, this is someone who desires to be with God. To be blessed means to be happy, to be envied. So read this as, happy are those who want to dwell in the house of the Lord. Why? Because it's lovely. This house of his is lovely. It's a good place to be. It offers security and comfort even for the swallows, the birds. We are blessed when we yearn for, when we long for, when we have joy, when we seek out God, when we can be in his presence. This is where we find our home. We continually bless God our Almighty, praising him forever. What the beginning of this song, this psalm, is talking about is desire for God. When our souls yearn and even faint for the Lord, when we cry out for joy, when we are ever praising the Lord, we find home there. Our restless hearts are at home. Let me give you an illustration. My, my grandchildren are here from Costa Rica. They're all teenagers. Josh is 16 years old, and he has a girlfriend back in Costa Rica. The only way he can communicate is to get on Facebook or Skype. And every night and every morning, he plans that and anticipates with excitement talking to his girlfriend till 2 o'clock in the morning. Of course, it's only 12 o'clock there. But anyway, he just, he just misses her. And when he can't communicate with her, man, he's troubled. He's, he's sad. He's walking around. When, when can I get on the computer? Last night he was asking Rachel, when can I use your computer? Just a minute. When can I use it? Every five minutes. He wanted to communicate with his girlfriend. One of my friends in my small group said he's Twitterpated. Now, some of you know, you've watched the movie Bambi, and you know that Flower was Twitterpated. I asked my granddaughter, Rachel, what does Twitterpated mean? She says, I don't Twitter. <laughs> so you young people, maybe, who haven't seen Bambi, we older have seen it with our kids and our grandkids and we know what Twitterpated means. It means to just be head over, um, head over heels in love with your girlfriend, just like Flower the Skunk was. I remember those days. Maybe you can too. I was Twitterpated. When Dee and I um, were, were courting, we were boyfriend and girlfriend. She was working up at Mackinac Island. And I was here in Coldwater, and... Um, it was a sad time because we were separated, and I wanted to be with her. Hopefully, she wanted to be with me, too, but uh, I was Twitterpated. That's what it means to be in love with God, to be Twitterpated, to want to be with him, want to be in his house, to yearn for and long for Almighty God.
Do you have that desire? It's something that you don't always have. I have not always had a desire for God in my Christian life. I've been a Christian for uh, almost 50 years. And there are times in my life when I haven't desired to be with him. I'm sure you can identify with that. But we should desire to be with God. It's something that God's given me recently. Again, it's something that God gives us. And recently, uh, I went on a retreat in North Carolina, and um, it, was, it was a great time to get to renew my desire for God. It's slippery. It kind of comes and goes. A.W. Tozer wrote this in The Pursuit of God. Come near to the holy men and women of the past, and you will soon feel the heat of their desire after God. They mourned for him. They prayed and wrestled and sought for him day and night, in season and out. And when they found him, the finding was all the sweeter for the long-seeking just a, a little sidelight. We we love to name our dogs after our favorite authors. Our dog that we have now is named Tozer. And we I think we think that the character of the author will rub off on our dog. No, that's not true. That is not true. Tozer has no wisdom. He doesn't seek after his master one bit. <laughs> but A.W. Tozer had some words for us about desiring. Look at, look at some of the, the, the folks, the men in the Bible. Abraham, we've just recently been talking about Abraham who sought after God. And uh, Jacob who wrestled with God. David who wrote so many of these psalms. Some of the prophets, Daniel, we read about their seeking after God with such a desire. They were Twitterpated. And hopefully they motivate us to seek him also. For seeking and finding God is what life is all about. Let's look at some of the words of others of the psalmist. They'll give us the same sense of this desire. As the deer, this is another song that we sing, it's in the Psalms. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Can you sense the heat of his passion, his desire for God that he yearns for and he thirsts for and he pants for God? Here's another one in Psalms. Whom have I in heaven but you, and earth has nothing I desire besides you? Psalm seventy-three twenty-five. You know, is that the case with us, that nothing else on earth do we desire besides God? You know, cause me to desire you, God, like that, so that there's nothing on earth that we'd rather have or desire than you. Here's another one. 
And maybe you'll recognize this. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek. We just sang about this. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Another psalm. You know, help me, God. Help me to want to gaze upon your beauty. Help me to seek after you. Help me to not want anything else in this world but you. What is your heart saying? What is it saying right now? When you come into the sanctuary, this place, you come into the presence of God. When you are alone with your thoughts and your prayers and your Bible, you come into the presence of God. And what are you thinking about? What are you feeling? What are your desires? Is it ho-hum? Do you come in here week after week with this ho-hum attitude or feeling? Are your passions lethargic? Are they passive? Or are they filled with desire? Well, that's the first blessed are those, the first blessing. The second is for those who are on pilgrimage. Can we have that next slide? Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have their hearts on pilgrimage. That's verse 5 in our psalm. You see, the, the Christian life is a, a journey, a pilgrimage. And we're pilgrims, we're travelers on this journey. The um, English Standard Version translates that this way. Blessed are those in whose heart are the highways to Zion. You see, Zion is, is Jerusalem. And that's where God is. That's where the temple is. If you, if you want to seek God, you go to Zion. And in the future, we will, we will go to the heavenly Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem. It's where God dwells. And if we're going to seek after God, we want to be on the highway to Zion. We want to be where God is. That's our home. That's our satisfaction. That's our joy. This journey, this pilgrimage, is lifelong. It's full of ups and downs. It's not a level path. Along the way, we pass through the Valley of Baca. Where is the Valley of Baca? It is, it is the place of sorrow, the place of weeping, or the place that is dry, the dry place. So as we travel along, as we journey, as we pilgrimage to Zion, to seeking after God, we run into some difficult places where we cry and where we're thirsty and it's dry. It could be losing a loved one. It could be cancer. It could be chronic pain. It could be a difficult marriage. Depression. Discouragement. Lots of things. It can be emotional, spiritual, 
physical, relational. It's a place where our strength is not sufficient. We don't have enough strength to do this. I recently hiked, as some of you know, 175 miles of the Appalachian Trail. And when you're hiking the Appalachian Trail, you pass through a number of valleys of Baca. Right, Brother Dave? Have you experienced valleys of Baca where you had no strength left? You're in this valley, and you look up, and all you see are is a a trail that goes straight up. And you say, how can I do this? I don't have enough strength. Or the valley might be, there's no water, and you're thirsty. I remember gathering water from leaves once because I was out of water. It's when you know that your legs are going to burn and your lungs are going to explode because you got to go up, and then when you go down, you, it's the muscles and your knees and your hips are hurting. You can tell I love hiking this trail, can't you? <laughs> the Valley of Baca is, I can't do this. I don't have strength. So blessed are those whose strength is in the Lord while they're traveling this, this journey, this pilgrimage. He turned my dry, painful places into places of springs. His rains cover it with pools. Here's another verse, another precious verse. It's in Psalm 30, verse 11. You have turned my wailing or turned my mourning into dancing. You've removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. In other words, we can go into the valley, we can be thirsty, we can be totally without any strength. And then we can go from strength to strength, as this psalm says. We can go from steep climb to steep climb. We can go from difficult place to difficult place because we can trust God. When, he, when life is giving you some parched times, he brings the rain. Well, the third blessing is found in the last verse of our psalm. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Those who trust in God would rather spend one day, one day in his presence than a thousand elsewhere. Why? Because it's a trustworthy place. It's someplace where it's safe and you can trust him. And we live in a world that we can't trust very well. And we would prefer to have a menial job in his house, like a doorkeeper, than to dwell with the ungodly. Why? Because we can trust him more than anyone else. The psalm goes on to say, for the Lord is our son. In other words, he's our life, he's our provision. He's he's our shield, it goes on to say. He's our protection. He gives favor or he gives grace. He gives honor and he gives good things. God gives us good things. Some people trust in something else than God. It says here, some trust in chariots, 
and summon horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. You know, who are you trusting in? What are your chariots? Are we trusting in the world? Are we trusting in things that just do not satisfy? Abraham and Sarah, just, uh, Shane just talked about them the last two weeks. Who did they trust in? They trusted in a young Egyptian maiden to fulfill the promise. That was their chariot. Who are you trusting in? Abraham grew in his faith, respect to his faith. We need to grow in our faith so that we trust him more and more. These are the blessings of trust, desire to be with God, provision, protection, grace, favor, glory, honor, pouring out of good things from a good God. Now, I want to I just close with some application. What do we do with this? If, I, if I've enlivened your heart at all, if I've touched your heart, if your heart is stirred up and say, you know, I want to desire God more. Well, the first thing that I would encourage you to do is ask God for desire for him. It just doesn't come naturally. The sin nature kind of takes that desire out. So ask, plead with God, give me desire for you that I yearn for and long for you. Spend time alone with God. You can't do it in, in the middle of busyness, in the middle of people. Get alone with God and then just desire that time with him. Thirdly, I would encourage you to personalize the scriptures. What do I mean by that? Put yourself in the story. Put yourself in the verse that you just read. Be part of the story. Fourthly, be on the journey. Be on the pilgrimage. I think pilgrimage is seeking God, wanting to be where God is. So be about wanting to be where God is. Be on the pilgrimage. Don't be on the sidelines. Don't just sit there while others... Walk the, the, the journey. And lastly, don't trust in chariots. Don't trust in things that can't satisfy you. Well, we're going to prepare for communion. Dan, do we sing a song be uh, before? Okay. Um, as Dan comes and, and we'll... Um, prepare our hearts for communion. And I have a few words to connect Jesus to this psalm. But as, um, as we sing this song, then the, the men can come up here and prepare for the communion. Let's stand together. <clears throat> My Jesus, I love thee. 
Jesus, tis now. 